Quit, quit touching the keyboard, Frank. It's not. <laughs> Welcome to Get the Facts, Jack, a weekly podcast from Jack County, Texas, where we share factual information to the citizens of Jack County. I'm your host, Judge Brian Keith Humphreys, and to my right, you got it, my man, Frank <laughs> Hefner. You were, hey, for, I saw you doing like a little for, Jimmy for the, Fallon, a little. For the record, I wasn't the one hitting the button. Oh, I know, I was jacking with you. I just wanted to irritate you. You know, I actually got through that you intro. You did get through that good. one this go around. I, I got new glasses, and, and that's why. Makes you look handsome. Well, I, well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. And, you know, they're not as wonky, and they probably can see better. So I, That's what I need to do is go get some new hey, glasses. It's an excuse for everything. Well, you know? It is. Because I'm literally blind in one eye and can't see out the other. <laughs> and glasses don't help none. No, it doesn't help. But, hey, man, it's great to uh, – thanks for joining us on uh, Get the Facts, Jack. And and I want you to know, I just got to re- remind you, the whole reason why we do this programming is, is you know, we truly are trying to give factual information. We want to share the truth. And, and right now – you know, there's a lot of stuff going out in social media. There's a lot of things out that you see on Facebook. And you know what? That's a one-way conversation. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it truly is. And, and you know, don't believe everything that you see on the Internet. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, just, it's just, just it, because it's not factual. Right, and right. so one of the things and the whole purpose, and I'm so glad that we did this two years, two and a mm-hmm. half years ago, three years ago, was to get factual information out to the people of Jack County. Now, if you want to listen – now, there's going to be people that won't listen. Right. But I'm going to ask our listeners to share this information because this is probably one of the most critical episodes we'll ever have. The most, va- yes, not critical, but the most valuable, informed message you'll ever get from from and, this from this dialogue. And who would ever want to listen to a chief appraiser? I don't know. This one's pretty aren't those neat. guys boring and <laughs> yeah. just nerdy? Well, guess what? We we got your full attention now, don't yeah. we? Yeah, because you know, seriously, is it's one of those things. Chase Lewis, we're so glad that you're here, part of this part of our episode, and thanks for being willing to come on board. But man, I know you've been inundated. Your office has been inundated. Man, you love the people of Jack County, and you know, through this process today, in the next thirty minutes or so. I want to make sure that our listeners have the opportunity to get to know you better, to know your background, to understand. And if you're willing to listen, we're going to tell you the best way we can how this very, very complex system works. Because we're going to talk about valuation, taxation, property taxes. We're going to probably tell you more than what you really need to know or want to know. That and it's ever-changing. Right. His... (sighs) I think since you've come into office, um, uh, the number of records that's constantly hitting your hitting your sure. doors that's changing because of either owners are changing properties mm-hmm. or the properties are dividing up or whatever the case may be. Right. Dude, you are you are one busy man, yeah. and your yeah. office is busy. Our office is busy, and I, first off, I want to say I have a great staff. I'm really appreciative of them. Um, they go above and beyond every day just to. Uh, to try to do their job and, and do it fair and yeah. honest and, you know, they're courteous and that's how we want to treat people with respect. And be impartial. You know, we, yeah. we forget about how important that is to be impartial, that sure. there is a there's a division between what you do and what I do and then other taxing entities. And we all have accountability through this process. And, yeah. and there are boards that, that you take direction from. Sure. You know, I – a lot of times people think the county judge does a lot of things, and I do. But I also have a, um, a court, a commissioner's court, that is made up of five individuals that, you know, four commissioners and myself, and we make good decisions because there are five different viewpoints at that table. Right. It's not just one person leading the ship. This, our whole system is not a monarchy. Mm-hmm. We we are controlled by boards and different things like that. So before we get too crazy into this, man, give us a little bit of history, Chase. I know <laughs> that you know you've been in our community for a number of years, but now people are like, "Well, who is this guy?" Right. And so give us some history. What where'd you come from? What's your background? Well, it's a good question. So in August of 2021, um, I accepted this job here as chief appraiser 
Jack County Appraisal District. And um, so I guess a little bit of background on myself. I was born and raised in uh, North Texas, born in Fort Worth, um, lived all my life in Parker County. Um, 2007, I had just uh, graduated from Tarleton State University. And, uh, oh, that'll help him right so, there. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, a friend of mine, uh, we were actually at a roping, and I was like, Man, what, do you, what do you do? Because I knew he'd actually measured my parents' house when they built it in 2001. I was like, what do you do? And he goes, well, I work at the appraisal district. He goes, it'd probably be a good fit for you. You know, you might want to apply. So I thought, man, I don't even know what that is, you know. But <laughs> So I went and applied, and, you know, I had a, a couple of interviews with the deputy chief down there, uh, Rick Armstrong and, uh, and Larry Hammonds, which was the chief at the time. And um, they hired me, and I guess the rest is history. So in 2007 is when I started working there. And then um, I guess in 2019, um, I went to work for the state comptroller, auditing appraisal districts. So we have a designation, which is called RPA, which is a registered professional appraiser. Uh And that's through the Texas Departments of Licensing and Registration. Sure. And so um, really that's the only other job you can do with this designation, the RPA. And so uh, I went to work there for two years. And a couple of the guys that I'd worked with, um, they had actually applied for this position, and they just didn't feel like it would be a good fit. So they uh, called me and was like, hey, man, you know, you might want to apply and see what you, what you can get done up there. And I thought, man, I never wanted to be a chief appraiser. That's way <laughs> too much headache, you know. But uh, anyway, I, I called a couple of the board members, or, or one board member, Gary Zeitler, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, we visited for a while, and Ended up hiring me, so yeah. the rest is history, I guess. Yeah, I love that. Oh, and not only not only are you a Tarleton grad, but you're also a roper, and that's really yes, what your passion is. Yes, sir. I, so uh, when I was growing up, my dad trained racehorses at Trinity Meadows there. Oh, yeah, in Parker yeah. County. Yes, sir. Yeah, so uh, when I was born, we actually lived on the grounds at Trinity Meadows back before we went to Perry Mutual, which yes, means you're yeah. allowed to bet. And so uh, my dad, he trained at Ross Downs in Colleyville. He, I remember Ross Downs. Okay, well we then, we had a place right off of McLean Road or McCain Road, okay. and we could hear the 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 races, uh, the races yeah. on Saturday nights. Yeah. Didn't they race on Saturdays? Um, I know they. I'm not sure exactly the dates. I was yeah very young many. back yeah. then, but um, but yeah, it was a uh, Ross so, Downs. Man, I haven't heard that in forever. Right, yeah. that's cool. So uh, anyway, um, we lived there until 1988. And then that's when it went Perry Mutual when they tore all the, like the brush, they called them brush tracks back then, you know, because yeah. they were just little bitty, nothing grandstands, you know, and kind of all the guys on the backside were doing some shady stuff with the horses <laughs> and all that. But um, so uh, in 1988, it went Perry Mutual and they built the new grandstands oh, and all, yeah. you know, the, the um, inside the track, you know, with yeah. the big scoreboard, scoreboard and all that. Oh, yeah, it was beautiful. So, uh, and we ended up moving just west of Weatherford on Ranger Highway. And uh, my dad hauled in to Trinity. And we also hauled into like um, Lone Star Park, uh-huh. Rotama Park, stuff like that. Yeah. And he was, my dad was 50 when I was born. So, uh, you know, he kind of, by the time I was 15 or 20, you know, he was kind of getting on the outside of the of the racehorses, you know. And we, we swapped to rope horses. So we had some racehorses that we converted to rope horses. Mm-hmm. And and um, so I was about 15 years old then. And then, so I, uh, I roped all through high school, through college. I roped a little bit for Tarleton and roped some for Weatherford College some. And then um, when I went to work here in August of 2021, I sold my horses. I said, I'm, I'm done. Oh, you gave it I, up. Oh, I really? gave it up. So my kids. You they, gave up all of your therapy. <laughs> I know, right? It may have been it may have been the other way. It may yeah. have been more stressed with the horses, you know. But but uh, my kids, you know, we I tried to get them to play day. You know, we did play days and stuff like oh, sure. that. Yeah. And they just. They just never took to it. Really? So it was taking time away from my family, taking time away from, you know, just other stuff. And yeah. so I thought, I'm done. Married so. and how many kids? Two boys. Two boys. Yes, sir. They're going to be wow. 14 and 11. They're three years and one day apart this weekend. Oh, so, that's incredible. So they're May 13th and May 14th is their birthdays. Wow. So the the best is yet to come, though. Yeah. Right. At uh, least so. you can take a deep breath. If they're at that age group, now you kind of have a little bit of a – yeah. Yeah, come on, son. Let's go. We'll yeah, do let's something. go do yeah, something yeah, fun. You can right. do it together. So, right. or come help me. You yeah, know? I love that. Well, I think it's important that we have a little bit of a background or knowledge of who you are, where you came from, and kind of you know what your what your background has been. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, so obviously um, last week, week before, notices started coming out. Yes, sir. And I think that's whenever the heartburn started. Right. I, I mean, it really. It really did. And because, you know, I'll be very honest with you, Chase. Um, I started getting social media attacks. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was inundating 
but I've been a target recently, and yeah. and so it was just a cheap shot, and it just went on. Yeah. But you know what? I didn't know. I didn't have a clue what they were talking about because I don't engage in that that kind of conversation. Right. Nor, and I want you to know, ethically, there's a set of standards that judges must follow, and mm-hmm. I'm accountable to their, you know, the Supreme Court and the Ethics Commission and these type of things that I cannot respond, I cannot have a position, and I cannot do things like that because. I'm held to a higher standard. Sure. And so I didn't know what was going on, nor did I really want to listen to get engaged because right. it's all just gossip. Yeah. yeah. Well, then all of a sudden, whenever I opened up my tax statement, <laughs> it began to make sense of why yeah. I'm hearing on the street that there's so much heartburn. So yeah. kind of walk us through the process of how do we even how do we even get there? How do we, how does the valuation and the appraisal system, how does that even work? Because that's on your watch. Sure. So how does that look? What does that look like? That's a good question. So our calendar, we don't necessarily have a January through December calendar. You know, what we do as appraisers, we're going to start in about August doing property inspections. Okay. Means we're going to drive the roads. You know, um, we're going to look for homes that have been torn down homes that have been burned, um, new new construction, additions to existing homes. We're going to do all that. And that's going to go from about August all the way through till probably about March. So about March, we're going to try to be wrapped up with all of our field work. And that's the time we come into crunch numbers, okay? So we're going to start looking at land values for a certain school district. And um, we're going to value the land as if vacant. That's our first thing to do. So then we look at the house, we, we classify homes one through six, okay? One being kind of the like the Volkswagen, I guess, and six being a Cadillac. Mm-hmm. Um, average would be a three. And, uh, you know, we're going to do uh, what's called a replacement cost new, less depreciation. And then we look at the market on top of that and come up with a percentage economic factor, whether it's up or down, based on the way we've appraised them the last six or eight months. Sure. So uh, – so these aren't these aren't your standards. You no, you're no. getting instruction, and this is an accepted method. Correct. Yes, sir. And it, are all appraisal districts supposed to be doing this? Correct. The same way. Yes, sir. Yeah, we always we all use mass appraisal techniques. Sure. And and like I I try to get the word out on Facebook and on our website. You know, we're going to be high on some properties, and we're going to be low on some properties. And we're not going to be able to see everything as of January one, and, and we're not going to be able to see the inside of everybody's home. You know, so that's where this portion of the system comes into play. This is the equalization phase where you get to come in and talk to me, show me pictures, bring me a closing statement. You know, tell me what's going on with your property that, that you may not think it should be valued as these other sales in this school district. Sure. So, you know, uh, the la- when I started in August of 2021, I felt the need for a complete reappraisal and cleanup of the county. And I know from previously working in the property value study because the state, what they do is they come in, it's supposed to be every two years, but recently because Jack County has been below that threshold of passing the property value study, they've been auditing us annually. So seriously, yes, sir. So they come in and they basically look at all the sales in, in certain school district, which is Jacksboro and Perrinwit has been traditionally the last two years. And what they're going to looking at is what, Jack County Appraisal District has this property appraised for versus what it sold for, okay? We have to be at 100% market value. So they may have multiple properties that have sold, and they're going to classify them as like single family or rural houses on ag land, okay? So what they're going to do is they're going to have four stratas of just like in-town properties, and then they're going to have 20 rural sales, okay? So if they have 10 properties in the in that A strata, which is category A, which is like in-town homes, mm-hmm. and then 20 in the category E, which is like the rural homes that have sold, sure. if they don't have enough sales to fit in that strata, they're going to go inspect properties as well. Oh, wow. So, so they, the state would actually come out and do this. You bet. They yeah. do it. Okay. Wow. And so traditionally, like at Parker, you know, on the smaller school districts that didn't have enough sales to fill all those stratas, I would be the one that took them around and they'd drive up to this house and they'd take a picture of it and they'd appraise that house just like we would. Mm-hmm. And then they would go back and, and fit that in and base their number off of our number. 
So they would look and see what they appraised it for versus what we appraised it for. So there's definitely a check and balance. Definitely. This isn't just this isn't just Chase no, Lewis no, no. going going wild card. Yep. Now, now, now I'm hearing you say something. I've heard you repeat this um, more than once, but sure. you, you talk about school districts, right? So the appraisal is done via the school district boundaries. Yes, sir. At a given time. Correct. So they're looking at whenever they come out to check our values. Right. It's all about school funding. Okay. So what they're doing is they're going to see. that is critical right there. It is. Great pickup. It's yeah. about school funding. Yes, sir. It's how our school districts get the money back Correct. for a student in a desk. Yes, sir. And it, the way I understand it on that end is if we're appraising property at 100%, then the school is going to get full funding from the state. If we're not appraising property at 100%, their state's going to withhold money. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of moving elements in that school right. formula school formula correct that correct. that affects every avenue of what goes on either from the state or against the state. Yep. Exactly. Let's say this one more time: if our property values are low, which historically they have been, then that hurts our our school do, our districts. dollar amount that is paid to the school districts. For our students that are in seats, that's right. Is that so? That's correct. Really, what it's doing is 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 that money by us having low market value in Jack County historically, we came up on the radar through the school funding portion, yeah, and raised the red flag. We've been dealing with annual audits recently. Yeah, the that's last called the, years. the property value study, the SDPVS School uh-huh. District Property Value Study, which is basically our report card for how we're appraising property. Yeah. Okay. And it's been low. Correct. And anybody can get on the comptroller's website and they can see those numbers and they can historically. Look. You bet. And so really what we were doing is is we've been hurting our school district because our property values were so low because the state has not been paying the higher amount for yeah. each child. Yep. Yeah. The the school districts have lost funding based on that ratio there. They've had yeah. to pay money back to the state. Correct, because if they don't pass the PBS, they, right? Because the fact that in that formula value that's rolling, mm-hmm. you know, um, are you helping yourself as much as we can help you? And and as we see it, is you know what portion of the cup is full? Correct. You, you understand what I'm saying? Yep. So so in regards to that, in in that formula, if we're not helping ourselves on a local level, mm-hmm. then the state feels like they're not able to benefit their they're either their portion or the fact that if they're giving us too much, then that's got to go back. Yeah. yeah. So the school districts actually have to pay, pay some money back, back because of our valuations have yep. been historically low. Yep. And, and each year stands on its own. And up until like 2017, it, it wasn't ever really a big deal, but the market never really took off until about those, you know, 2017, 2018. That's whenever you started seeing the sales really go up. And if school or if, if appraisal districts weren't keeping up with those sales, that's whenever things started happening. It really, happening and, and and we've had this conversation before. But you know, whenever we know personally that our property value is up here mm-hmm. and high because we know what our neighbor's places is selling for, or we're hearing through the coffee talk or the 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 chatter around our communities, we uh-huh. know what cost per acre is or what my house mm-hmm. is worth, and then we like it that way but whenever all of a sudden we see our um, appraised value for tax bases low yep. nobody said anything correct we, we're we but we're really harming ourselves. and now that there has been an adjustment that it's mm-hmm. more because you're you made the word your, your words words you are required to tax at a hundred percent value yes at a hundred percent market value yep and and then now that that is kind of balancing out because the market value in our county is 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 balancing, then that's what's caused the heartburn. Correct, and you know we have a so we we can be at ninety five percent and we can be at one hundred five percent. So that's kind of our we got a little ten percent window there to be at. But so you can't be too high either for correct, the state value. Correct. So they'll do the the opposite potentially. I don't think it's to my knowledge is. I've never heard of it happening. Yeah, a school but it could. It you could, have a range, yep. that, a yep. tolerance. Yep. I, I, I've never heard what happens if you're over 105, you know, consistently like year after year. Sure. You know, I'm sure there is some kind of a penalization for that. But um, but ultimately, Big Brother's watching too. Definitely. And definitely. really, 
and I hate to say this, this came out in commissioner's court yesterday, but ultimately we get instructions from Austin. Yes, sir. I mean, you can say what you want to, yeah. but we take instruction. The court, the county is only allowed to do so much that, that legislation has allowed us to do. Mm-hmm. You're no different. Correct. Yeah, so in those off years that I was saying earlier, you know, we're getting looked at by the state every year right now because we've been struggling the PVS before. Mm-hmm. So like a county that has been up to snuff as far as their property values go, they're getting looked at annually too by the methods and procedures portion of the state comptroller. Okay. So they're looking and making sure that, did you send your preliminary values out by April 30th, by May 1? Mm-hmm. You know, are you running ads in the paper that have the date and time? You know, are you filing your agendas? You know, are you uh, appraising property correctly? You know, do you subscribe to these certain things that you're supposed to subscribe to? You know, so that can potentially be a, a penalization for us as well if we're sure. not doing the things that the property tax code tells us to do. Right. You know, and that's that's relatively new. I would say in the last 10 years maybe that they've created this methods and procedures portion of the audit. Um, and I guess in 2021 we had, so in 2022 we had to complete that audit. And so we won't be... Um, available for that one until like 2024. But ultimately, there, there that is Austin's attempt, the legislators' attempt to be consistent across the entire state of Texas. Yes, sir. Yeah, they want appraisal districts. They want to be able for somebody to come to this appraisal district and, and basically have their property appraised the same way, um, have all the methods, the procedures done by the appraisers, and it's the same way as another county. Yeah. Well, it's nothing but fair because, Correct. you know, the Dallas-Fort Worth area, you know, has a certain standard. And and right now, there are a lot of individuals that have a home in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and they may have a second home out here. Right. But but all we're looking for is fairness at, across the state of Texas, yeah. and ultimately that's the system. And there is a thing called the tax code yes, that sir. we are required to follow as well. So, yep. okay, right. so... That's the system currently you're working under because it could change. <laughs> yes, sir. It, it, every two years, you <laughs> yeah. know. You know? Every two and, years. Uh, it could change the, on yeah. you, but the right now, that's the system yeah. you're working yep. under. Yeah, and the legislature is yeah. doing great things. Like, I don't have anything bad to say about what they're doing in Austin. You know, they're trying to get us help. Like, I'm a taxpayer as well. Right. Well, you know? sure. Homestead exemptions, they're trying to bump that to 70000 and then for seniors go to a hundred. So that means the first 100000 of value for the senior citizens, they would pay no school tax on. Right. Which, also. which does kind of make some sense. Sure. I mean, I, I totally get sure. that stuff. And so everything that we talk about, it's a moving target because what Chase is explaining and Frank is, is that currently we are on the 88th legislative cycle, correct? Mm-hmm. We are towards the end of a regular session mm-hmm. and you're going, they have committed our powers, our governor, Lieutenant governor has vowed to give some tax relief Mm -hmm. a lot of this can change between now and september 1st is that the official date oh i don't know exactly when the last date is i mean don't they go into late session oh yeah they'll have one or two those yeah there's it seems like laws kind of become effective i know whenever i was a highway patrolman you know they'd pass stuff in in session and then it was effective September 1. Now, granted, they make the laws, they make the rules, so anything, you know, is available. I think there's two windows. I think you've got your September 1 window for effective bills that are rolling out on the first session. I think you're right. And then if they move into an extended session session or special session, January 1 takes effect. I think you're right. There's always seems to be two rollouts. They can do immediately September 1, January 1. Yeah. So expect some changes. Yes, sir. Because they – They've been very vocal that there will be some property tax relief, mm-hmm. but but that comes from them. Right now, your the information statement that was sent out is based upon what we the current rules and standards. Right, but that's an estimate. And one of the things that you educated me on is that you know everybody panicked when they saw that estimate of property tax right, total. Right. And then you shared with me that um, there's some, the rules, give yeah. us a history of what that really means. So historically we've always used last year's tax rates to generate that estimate of tax that's on the, or the estimate of tax that's on the notice of appraised value. And that's basically all that is is an estimate. So we're going to give the entities, i.e. Jack County, um, a value in uh, whenever we certify in July, 
and you're going to have that value to derive a tax rate off of. Now, obviously, if that value goes way up, it's going to compress your tax rate, rate down. down. And so that may be something that, you know, you could shine some light on. The 3.5% cap on that, the legislature, what, two sessions ago? Yeah, two like sessions, that. yeah. Senate Bill 2. Yeah, yeah. But but that number, so the bigger counties, they're not even allowed to put that number on the, the notice, and they don't. Um, I know on our mineral notices this year, they did not have the estimate of tax on there. Okay. Because that's just, it's it's not it's, it's not a, a good number. It's an estimate. Correct, correct. And yeah. in, in this situation, it's an we know that it's going to be an overestimate because our our market value has increased or it has come up to more at a it's more we're getting balanced. closer to market value we're closer yes sir. is a fair statement yes sir yes. yeah and um, um, one thing I also wanted to say about that that estimate on there um, so on our mineral notices it went out with no estimate of tax mm-hmm. um, which like I said. Per, Richard Nabbit is the one that mails those out. Um, if anybody has any questions about that, you know, they're welcome to call our office and we can figure the, the estimate of tax on that. But um, on that estimate, whenever we sent that out, we uh, would like for people to know that, that they welcome to call our office. We can explain that number. Uh, but we wanted to put that on there because we didn't want to field a bunch of questions like, hey, what are you all trying to do up there? You know, you don't have my my estimate of tax on there. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of put that on there just as a courtesy for people to know that, hey, this is what kind of worst case scenario it would be. Because you don't have to. Correct. We don't have to. You're doing it to try to be, and I, Frank, you used the word transparent. Right. And I love yeah. that word because, you know, in what I do and what you do, Chase, mm-hmm. we are very transparent. Yeah. yeah. We don't want people to think that we're trying to hide anything from them. You know, it's traditionally been like that in Jack County. We want to keep it like that. Yeah, yeah. and and basically to do that, and and what he's saying, listeners, is is they are there is a review process. There is a um, an open door, a, a communication to where hey, come in and sit down and visit exactly. and talk and 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 whether it's Chase or other staff members, they are prepared during this time of adjustment. You know, you heard his explanation that they did the field work, but now they're doing the balancing portion Correct. of this. Correct. And and that's one thing, like, I, why I'm partial to, I guess, this system is can you go sit down with an IRA agent right now and complain about your taxes? Not a chance. Can you go sit down with the comptroller and complain about your, your state um, sales tax? Not at all. It, no. It's not even open for discussion, Correct. basically. Correct. You know, so, I mean, you get to come in and um, – Talk to me or, or any of the staff about your value. You know, you can bring us pictures. You can bring us closing statements. You know, anything that you can bring to us to provide us evidence to where you think that your property wouldn't be valued like the sales that we use to appraise to get to your market value. Sure. Well, and and, and it allows the, the property owners to have a voice. Sure. To have sure. input for this. And, right. And it's just not a one-way path. But right. also in your letters, you've also – uh, produced a form that's called the property owner's notice of protest. So what is a what is a protest? How does that work? Good question. So we're required to put those in there. So if you don't agree with your property value, you can fill out that notice of protest. There's a box on there that asks you, do you want an informal conference? About three quarters of the way down, Judge. Yeah, you, oh, you're, yeah. you're right there by it. So if you check that box, we're going to have to give you a call back. And we're going to have to talk to you about your value. Now, if you click no on that box, we don't necessarily have to call you back, but a lot of times we will because we might be able to settle your value, you know, based on looking at that notice of protest, looking at your account. You may have sent documentation in with that to sway us to say, hey, your property may not be worth the notice value that we gave you. Right, You know, and so. it does. Section 5, do you request an informal conference with the appraisal office before the protest hearing? Right. And, right. and you can say yes or no, right. and then your staff members will absolutely discuss the situation. Yep. But even after you have an informal conversation, if you still f- don't feel like you're satisfied, right. then that's when you go to a formal hearing. Is that correct? correct. Now, who makes up the board? So it's uh, taxpayers within the county. Um, I'll be honest, we had we kind of had trouble finding some 
appraisal review board members. So if anybody wants to apply, <laughs> they're welcome to. But uh, I promise you, it won't be the big critics because they right. don't ever want to. Right. You know, well, yeah. they don't want to participate. Well, you know, we, we want everybody to get involved if they would like. Yeah. And um, basically, what what happens is if if you and I can't come to an agreement on your value, we'll schedule you with a date and time before the appraisal review board. Um, we'll notify you by mail when that is. You know, there's several options there. You can come in in person. You can go over the phone, or you can submit a written affidavit that's notarized along with your information, why you think your property shouldn't be worth that. Yeah. So, and it's all free. It doesn't cost you anything but your time, you know. So, I mean, I, I don't, people that, that need an explanation, you know, they're welcome to call our office, and, and I'll be happy to explain anything. All of our staff will as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the gist of the appraisal review board. So what whenever you go in there, it takes about 15 minutes. The taxpayer will present their evidence. I'll present my evidence. They'll have a chance to rebut my evidence. And then the appraisal review board will make a decision based on the evidence provided to them. Yeah. That, that's about as fair as it can be. That, that's as fair as it can be. And, and I'll say this on, on, on behalf of Chase, Chase as well. Nine times out of ten, it probably won't go to a review board. He's very open to listen. Well, yes, he's and and listen to what you have to say. Um, I've, I've sat across your table. We've discussed some stuff, and very openly, you review it and you say, "Hey, give me a day or so. Yeah. Let's review. Let me let me look at a few things." And then next thing you know, get a phone call and say, "Hey, I, I see what you're talking about." Mm-hmm. And I mean. It's like him. He doesn't want to pay any more taxes than anybody else, right. but he still has a job to do. I love that you said, and, and I said this yesterday too, I'm a property owner. Yeah. So if you think that I'm doing this to either hurt me or benefit me, yeah. um, it I, we're all in the same boat. I have never, <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll say this, I don't on, get this. Once again, I'll say this because him and I have worked together, but I've never seen some somebody so open to be able to sit down and have a conversation yeah. and work out to come to a, a, a middle road mm-hmm. agreement. Both of you two can agree on it. Sure, it's sure. very, very open, very open. That's, that's kudos. And I, I would, his whole office is that way. Yeah. I uh, would say uh, that too, is there, there is, they, you are inviting people to come in and have these conversations. Right. It's better to be educated and, to, and you will spend as much time as necessary if they want to listen and learn to explain the sure. process to them. Cause you know, this this is a tough subject to discuss. It is. It is. There's people, they don't necessarily trust this system because there is, you know, certain things involved where, like we were talking about earlier, you know, I don't have a, a vested interest in raising your property value like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm just trying to do my job and appraise your property 100% market value. You know, if that was the case, then all these other entities would be appraising and collecting your value yeah. and collecting the tax. And that's a great point. So, so, so you have your own standard and and you are 100% independent of right. any taxing entity. Correct. And and I think that's another misconception out there where people are like, well they just raise values because the county needs more money or they just raise values because the school district needs more money, which is it's the furthest thing from, from the it. truth. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Oh, yeah. oh, well they're just raising values because they're trying to pass a school bond. Oh, right. Oh, by the way, the school bond did pass. Yes sir. So somebody is listening and somebody understands the system, yep. but they are not connected. They're two totally separate things. Right. right. You have a job to do. Each taxing entity in the county is one of how many? We have five. Is that right? Yeah. And with some overlaps in there yeah. too. Bowie and Grayford and Midway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Of taxing entities that actually, and then all of a sudden, don't forget, you've got a board for each place so you have a board that you are accountable to correct i have a board which is the commissioner's court Uh, you know uh, there is a thing called a school board that the superintendent is accountable to and the teachers and the principals and these type of things which are elected by the people remember that right yeah um they're all independent right so the seven taxpayers on our board of directors what they're they're appointed by the entities to correct to govern me, to you know, to hire and fire me, basically, and so, um, you know, they don't come in and tell me how to do my job. You know, I guess they trust me with the job at hand, and um, and I'm appreciative of that. Yeah, right. it makes but, a big difference. But they do give you oversight. They do help you with oversight as sure. far as helping you, you got, 
you know, what is the feel? What's going on? Right. What needs right. to, how do we right. need to adjust this yep. type thing? And yeah. I got to add this question. All right. So educate the people. What does Sharon Robinson do? <laughs> so where does, right. So the, where does that piece? This end? is like the three, the three portion deal. So, yeah. so uh, we're at the appraisal district, you know, we're, we're in right now talking to people about their value. We'll start our appraisal review board hearings in June. Okay. So in July 25th, we have to be certified. So that's the bottom line. We have to be 95% certified. That is my worst day of the year. Right. So, so we can have 5% of our value still under protest. That's all. So 95% has to be done. So what we'll do is we'll go to the entities and say, here is your certified values. So then they get to start working on their tax rates based on the values that we've given them. Okay. Once they get done with that, then it's Sharon's job to go collect that tax. That's correct. So here's the appraisal district. We give the values to the entities and then Sharon collects the tax. Yeah. And used to, there was a time that y'all collected a certain percentage right. or for certain entities, and then Sharon's office, uh, a county office, would collect a certain entity's tax. But now, because we somewhat have worked in agreement that those entities allow Sharon to collect for everyone. Is correct. that correct? Yes, sir, that's correct. So before I started, we consolidated every tax-collecting entity with Sharon Robinson at the tax assessor collector. Okay. And it, it, to me, it simplifies things. There's not two places they have to go, you know, to pay tax. Um, we're still trying to, to get everybody used to that, which everybody pretty much has yeah. by now. But, but uh, it's taken a couple of years. It has. Yeah. It has. And some appraisal districts do appraise and, and, and collect. And um, that's probably one of the things that it's not consistent statewide. You know, I know Parker, they appraise and collect for every entity. But, um, you know, uh, Appraisal district, kind of in my opinion, you don't need to do both. You know, you need to either appraisal district appraises, you know, when the tax assessor collector collects. Now, some things it's been like that since the inception of appraisal districts, you know, in 79. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard it to is. change those correct. things. Yeah, but correct. but we're, we've tried to do it over the last couple of years where there is total independence. Correct. And I think that's a, a nice way of saying it is, is that your office has a very specific role in this process. Mm-hmm. And then Sharon's office has the collection responsibility. And what Sharon does is once she collects it, she's made agreements with the taxing entities to therefore distribute it. Right. And every taxing entity receives their funds in a different manner. Mm-hmm. Some's daily. Uh, some people ask me, says, well, why does, why does the tax office close at 4 o'clock? Well, it's because they've made a commitment that, whatever they're collecting for that entity is a large enough amount that that entity wants their money by the end of business that day. So kind of like at the bank, they need an hour without distraction to make sure the money is direct deposited or wired into that taxing entity's account. Sure. And so it's kind of a, an hour without public interruption or distraction to balance their book and distribute the funds. Right. I mean that that's that's really the truth of the matter, yep. I and mean, that's why we did it that way. Yep. But we still get some heartburn off of that. Right. But if you think about it, it goes like, oh, okay, because some of those entities have interest-bearing accounts, and obviously, or they may have to make payroll. Mm-hmm. And remember, that's how we provide these public services is through property tax. Another thing I want to mention as a public service. <laughs> information or announcement, Jack County does not have a county sales tax. And so some people say, oh, well, you're getting two point, you know, two cents on all the sales. Jack County has no sales tax revenue. Mm. And um, it, it it's something that was voted out. It was a, an agreement. It was, actually, it was actually voted out to help um, other entities – collect a little bit of extra some funding that they weren't able to collect it any other way. That's exactly correct. So they yielded that sales tax. That That's exactly the county. Jack County yielded that sales tax um, from sales, obviously to allow other entities to receive some funding. Correct. And so the services you receive at a county level are all ad valorem tax driven. They are all from property tax. My salary, Frank's salary, right. your sheriff's office, your county commissioners, your precinct workers, your road conditions, 
everything that is a county service, the operation of the jail, is funded solely by ad valorem taxes. There is no sales tax that comes to benefit or pay for services in Jack County. Correct. And, and that's a unique thing. We yeah. have 254 counties across the state of Texas, 254 different ways of doing it other than the way we do our taxes or, right. or, or, or our we appraisals. value, yeah. Yeah, we value yeah. our property. So Yeah. And I, I do want to go back to one thing as far as um, I know there's a lot of stuff going around. Well, he doesn't even live in Jack County, and that's correct. I don't, I don't live here. And um, the appraisal firm that we hired, they're out of Abilene, and they're with Western Valuation and Consulting. And um, there's three in the state of Texas. And so what you can do with these firms is you can hire them to come in and basically do your appraisal work for you. And um, I wouldn't necessarily say that all counties do that because a lot of counties have enough budget to where they can hire appraisers, they can train appraisers. But when I got here, it was basically myself only to appraise this whole county. And I just couldn't do it by yeah, myself. That's, that's too big a job for it, one man. Correct. And I looked around at counties surrounding that still do have appraisers, and, and there was multiple appraisers, you know. So uh, at the time, I, I presented to our board, hey, look, we need to get caught up here with values and property inspections and everything. And so that's what we chose to do was to hire Western Valuation and Consulting to come in, and um, they're going to be reappraising our county over the next three years. So they started with Jacksboro ISD first, and then they'll move on to the other ISDs in subsequent years. And so, so that'll, that'll be developing. Correct. Okay, yeah. Correct. makes sense. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned that Pritchard and Abbott does our mineral estate. Yes, sir. So they're the ones that do the valuation for that, and they've done that for a number of years. Is yes, that sir, correct? and they do it for most. I mean, I wouldn't say – Pritchard Nabbitt does it for most counties, but an appraisal firm does the minerals for most counties. For most counties. I don't know any counties that actually appraise their own minerals. You know, okay. most of the time it's an independent right. firm that comes in and that does that. that. So so it truly is an independent view on the values in Jack County. Correct. It, it is absolutely independent. So it it really doesn't matter who you are, or what your name is, exactly. or, or how much own or how much land you own or how long you've been here. It's Correct. It is truly an independent assessment of property values. Yes, sir. Yeah. That, that makes and some, sense. Yeah, and some of that, you might also, don't you also use another firm that does your industrial outside of some of your industrial complexes? Um, Pritchard they does. They Pr do the Pritchard. Pritchard, Pritchard and Abbott does it. Yes, yeah. sir. They do our minerals and our personal industrial. Okay. Yep. So one question I have is, is let's go ahead and talk just a little bit and quickly about um, – exemptions. Mm -hmm. So we have homestead exemption. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a big topic around the com commissioner's table is ag exemption. Mm -hmm. And then is there, is there a wildlife and there's some sure. kind of a, let's talk about those things and really what the intended purpose is. Because sometimes I, there is, there, there's a perception that there's a potential for abuse. Um, you know, we've got some hobby farms and we've got some things like that. And you know, I, he I hear from time to time, well, agriculture's for, for us that are really in ag business and blah, blah, blah. So how, do, how does that work in acreage and sure. that topic? So the three requirements for ag is must be currently devoted to the degree of intensity generally accepted for the area and must meet the five of seven-year history of ag use. That's it. Currently devoted to the degree of intensity generally accepted for the area and must have five of seven years history of ag use. That's the three requirements set forth in the property tax code. For ag. Okay, so it's so, in the code. So it doesn't say a minimum of 10 acres for ag in the code. One donkey, two doesn't, donkeys, five cows. It's left up to the interpretation wow. of the county and their ag advisory board. That's an urban myth. So we have four people that on our ag advisory board. And we meet annually, and they express their concerns of, you know, what's going on in the county. Um, we – so the ag – value that you pay on doesn't have anything to do with your market value. Okay. If we had a thousand an acre or fifty thousand an acre. You're gonna say pay the same if you have ag on your property, depending on what category it's in. Okay. So what we look at is native pasture, improved pasture, tillable dry. And like now in the last probably ten to fifteen years they've added beekeeping, orchards, stuff like that. Okay. And um and I would like to see the code be a little more specific with the other, like uh, as far as cattle 
stuff like that mm-hmm. with acreage amounts because they are with beekeeping. So it's a minimum of five, a maximum of 20 acres for beekeeping. Oh, well, very interesting. Yeah, that. And, and it really I is. I didn't know that. Yep. Um, but uh, anybody that has questions is welcome to come by our office. And we do have guidelines, but I try to take things on a case-by-case basis, you know, and we look at things as a whole, you know, so if you have five acres and your family has given you five acres to build a house on, you know, same as your kid or something like mm-hmm. that, you know, we may look at that five. If it's in the middle of the additional 100 acres that belongs to you, you know, we'll, we'll take that into consideration. Um, there's just a lot of variables when it comes to ag. And and historically, you know, people that have been getting ag for several years that may or may not have been using it to the gr- degree of intensity generally accepted for the area, whether that's a stocking rate issue, whether it's, a, you know, cutting a bale of hay twice a year and sure. they're only doing it once and when they could have been doing it twice, you know. Um, we're going to take all that into consideration, and, and we're just not going to go out there and, and remove your ag. Um, we're going to give you plenty of notices you know, once we do, you know, so if we go out and see a piece of property that's suspect, we're going to send you a letter and a new application. We're going to say, hey, th- things may have changed on your property. Go ahead and fill out this application. Notify us what's going on. You know, and if you send that application back and we don't feel it meets the requirements, you know, we'll remove it, send you a notice of appraised value. So we, and, and we'll deny that as well. And we have to send you out a letter certified. Is there, so, ever, is there ever a time somebody has to renew their ag exemption? Yeah, if we ask you to renew, mm-hmm. yep, you we'll have send to you out an application. But yeah. otherwise, if it's in there and you're continuing traditional agricultural operations on your place, it's already in place. Correct. Yeah. Unless something raises a flag or you notice something has changed about the intended use Correct. of that property, uh, but you will be notified right. by certified we, mail. We always notify. If it's a denial, we have to notify you by certified mail. Okay, okay. denial. So like a lot of people, they're not necessarily aware, well, it's been at ag for, you know, ever. I don't need to do anything. They they buy it the previous year. So January 1, that new owner has to reapply for ag, and we'll actually send out applications on all those accounts. So uh, we'll just give you a heads up. Hey, you're a new owner. You need to reapply. Send in proof with your application by April 30th because that's the deadline to apply. So what's this deal about wildlife, wildlife. exemption? Uh, you know, I've, I've heard that around the table because, yeah. you know, we are, we are having some wildlife hunting operations and sure. different things like that. But Jack County is known for its wildlife, and we have got some really serious good deer. Wh- what is a wildlife exemption? So uh, the state has... They have seven activities, and I can't name them all, but like erosion control, brush control, um, supplemental water, supplemental food, census counts. I think that's five. You have to be doing three of the seven things. So most people, when they come out to Jack County and they buy 200 acres, you know, they're buying it for a recreational property. Yeah. They want to hunt on it. Okay? Sure, sure. So if, if they don't necessarily want to run cows or cut and bale hay or whatever, you know, they're, they could potentially be eligible for the wildlife management exemption. Okay. So if, if they're putting out food plots, you know, if they're providing whatever target species they choose, white-tailed deer, turkey, um, quail, whatever, sure. if they're providing, you know, supplemental water for them, supplemental feed, you know, uh, maybe nesting boxes or, you know, if they're trying to keep the ground in good shape by, you know, plowing erosion areas. Erosion control. Erosion control. Sure. So they could uh, file for a wildlife management exemption. Okay, it's the same money as like native pasture land. Um, what they would have to do is submit a wildlife plan to our office. Okay, and I would re- review those, and then either grant it or deny it. Okay. And one of the misconceptions is you can jump right into wildlife, which you can't. You have to have ag first and convert to wildlife. You can't just go straight to wildlife. Oh, really? Correct. Well, that's yep. good, wow. to know. good to know. Yeah. I had no knowledge of I that. Had, I didn't either. I yeah. Learned something. Makes sense. Yeah. Hmm. But it's interesting. Uh, I'm just going to tell you, I have learned more in the last 30, 40 minutes uh, sitting down with Chase. And the, and let me kind of sum, summarize this up. What I'm hearing is is Chase and Chase's staff and his office is willing to communicate with you. Sure. If you have not listened to anything else, I hope that you can tell by his voice, his mannerism, and his openness that – Come talk to us. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, I that I think that is 
yeah. the consistently the theme in your message is if you have questions, then come ask me. If yeah. you if you think your value's too high, come ask me. Let's talk about right. this. And and there will be an open dialogue and we'll we'll work through this process. Correct. Yep. Yeah, we just uh you know, we know this is gonna be a busy time of year. We ask for people's patience. I've put that on Facebook and out on our website. You know, uh, you may not get a call back that day, but you will be heard and you will be seen. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I, I don't ever get tired of explaining the process. You know, I, I, I do ask for a little bit of understanding. You know, I, I, I'd appreciate if people don't get upset and, and get, <laughs> get angry. You know, I can see how that would happen, you know, just with, like you said, the sticker shock oh, and yeah. some of the notices yeah. of praise value. But let's talk about it, yeah. you know, and if you don't still like what I have to say at the end, you're always welcome to go before the appraisal review board. Yeah, and, so. it, and it is a moving target, and then you still have each taxing entity that has a role and responsibility as well. Sure. But you are one part Correct. of this. You are establishing values on your property. Right, right. That's it. That's it. You don't set tax rates. No, sir. That's my job. Yep. I set tax rates. You do valuations. And each taxing entity has their has, own role, yeah, right. and has and and an, an accountability as well. So yeah, and the, and the chips haven't fallen everywhere because it's still there's still a lot of stuff that's working underneath of getting those tax rates set. Yeah, that you know, at, eventually when it comes down to it, you'll see it's not quite as bad as what it originally looks. What yeah. what it what it appears to be because right. I'm going to tell you, we've already started the budget cycle. We're going to work the next four months. And I must set the tax rate usually towards the end of August, 1st of September-ish, and then notices go out October, first part of October. Tax, tax bills, yeah. Yeah, tax bills. Yep. So what are we, May? Yes, sir. May, June, July, August. So I promise you, I can speak for the commissioners, we are going to work for the next four months and we're going to make sure that we follow statute. We're going to do it by the letter of the law. And we are going to look out for your best interest. And if there's any excess, we're going to try to obviously find it because we are property owners. Right. And and I'm going to tell you, as a governing board, I can promise you that the school board's going to be this doing the same thing. The hospital board's going to be doing the same thing. And so is the water district boards. Correct. I, I Is that not a fair statement? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to pay any more taxes than anybody else does because whatever I do affects the county, but it also affects me. Yeah. And so we're good stewards of the fund. That's what and, – and I say this on a daily basis. We must act in the best interest of Jack County, and that is my job. Right. right. And that's, yep. that's it, period. And I'm accountable to our citizens. Correct. So no yep. different than And that's you, what Chase. we strive to do. You yeah. bet. Very good. Hey, Chase, thanks for coming, man. Thanks you for bet. being part of – uh, get the facts, Jack. Make sure that you like it. Hey, guys, this is critical information. Share it. Share it on Facebook. Share it on Google Pods. Uh, what other? Bean Pods. All the pods. Put it out there. And make sure you hit that like button. Thanks, Frank. Thanks, Frank.